HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Volte, and in the studio today, a man who really knows, or really needs no introduction, unless you've been living under a rock's glass. You like that one? I like that one. Uh, I thought I like of that, that one on the or trade. Or if you don't have Facebook, nice. you have no idea the fuck <laughs> We have Giuseppe Gonzalez in the studio today, and it's about damn time. Welcome to the show, Giuseppe. Uh, thank you, Damon. It's awesome to have you here, man. Um, we were just talking about, before the show... Um, uh, speaking of like tales coming up and uh, and all that, you actually share Hemingway's birthday. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense that uh, you're like that. I got completely fucked on my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> he's a diabetic. Same birthday. I'm fucking. I grew up with my grandparents, and uh, long story short, like all I could ever fucking do at home was read because they didn't have cable. They're devout Catholics. So I was like, all right, let me read all these books that they have no idea what it is. So. Uh, yeah, and then when you, you don't really understand until you start drinking, and then you're like, oh, wow, this guy is totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you evolve into Bukowski, and you're like, oh, God, this guy is really great. Or really, really, really terrible. Oh, he's re- <laughs> well, You know, it's like <laughs> freaking loving Hemingway is like loving crack, I guess. You know, it's just like, you know, it's really good, but when you try to let it go, you just can't, and you start making life decisions like, what would Hemingway do? He would, he would. Oh God! Women are really going to hate this fucking thing I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I know We're the world's most famous misogynist show. is my hero. <laughs> Great. Forty-five seconds of the show. We've talked about Bukowski, uh, Hemingway, crack, <laughs> and, <laughs> and misogyny. Yeah, it's fucking great. Sweet. I knew this was going to be a great. Shout show. out to my daughter who is not going to be listening to this show anytime soon. <laughs> I think we have a show. Um, all right. So um, obviously you're a very busy dude. Um, yeah. You're always into something, uh, and. Um, I know that for a while now you have been working on finding a space for the newest venture that you have coming up. Yeah, uh, Golden, Golden Cadillac. Cadillac. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about like first of all, it's in the in the East Village, which I think is pretty cool because I mean, there's so many places like kind of like coming and going, but I feel like there are a lot of first of all, like you know, you think about like Motor City, like Motor City is like heartbreaking. Right it's now. really heartbreaking, and I don't want to think about it. But um, I but mean, yeah. but even all around New York, like you look at the classic bars. I mean, I mean, Subway Inn, 
Um, I think just right. got sold and got resold. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Lennox Lounge mm-hmm. um, open since 1942, I think. It's just like one of those places that like when you're doing research, especially like I'm trying to like Golden Cadillac to me is always just like, how do I say it? Like something like the speakeasy, you know, to me is more like the Tiki Bar. You know, it's an imagined, you know, it's an imagined, you know, like place sure. where like that existed. You know, the worst drinks on earth were made during prohibition times just because you only had access to certain right. things. Um you know, the best drinks, I guess, were, like, the big band places, you know, up in Harlem, mm-hmm. you know. But there are no speakeasies opening in Harlem, you know, and no big right. jazz clubs and whatnot. Um, so, for me, like, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm a kid of the 70s. And for me, they were just, like, really shitty VA bars. I used to go with my uncles and whatnot. And you would just see, like, the Christmas lights and, like, the really bad Tiffany glass, almost like fern bars. You yeah. know, yeah. you see, like... Tiffany lamps, really bad plants, you know what I mean? Pictures of random motherfuckers you've never seen before. Right, I love that. You know, yeah, I fucking love it too. Like Bill's Gay 90s, you know what I mean? That to me is like, you know, a little bit more ghetto. Um, So, like, for, like, see those bars closing down, you know, like, like when I was looking for a space in the East Village, um, Mars Bar came up. Like, Broker's just like, oh, you know, Mars Bar. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, Mars Bar, you guys tore it down like two years ago, and apparently, like, they slapped the liquor license and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, that's not fucking Mars Bar. Yeah, you know? Yeah, you can't do that. Can't just what have, like, you, a, an open beer garden. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, God. you know, like, seeing certain things change, and it's happened in the last decade. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, we always talk about, like, how much the, like, the bar scene and, like, culinary and drink scene is, like, being built up over the last decade. But there's a lot of, like, relics and amazing bars that were so influential for the people who are opening the bars now yeah. that are, like, going away. There's one in my neighborhood, PJ Hanley's. They just closed down. This was their last. Oh, uh, freaking Cobble Hill, man. One of the most yeah. beautiful back bars in the world. It's Shit. A, yeah, it's a, one of the most beautiful original Brunswick bars. And, you know, it's got, like, the marble, like... It, not even like, fucking with, not even fucking with you. Like literally, when I found out it closed, I was like a complete dick, and I was just like, "Are they selling the back bar?" No, or I like I that. Like that to thing. me is just like that to me is like, you know, when they when Julie opened up Clover, she actually went to Pennsylvania to find an old back bar. Like all that shit is antique, you know, oh, yeah. rebuilding it around, and you see it, and you're just like, "Who designed it?" And you're just like, "Oh, she just and bought it at auction, and it's gorgeous." That's the same thing we did at Prime Meats, you know. Um, but the thing is, like the PJ Hanley's bar has been there ever since they opened, mm-hmm. you know. Since like 1874, I think. But it's got the marble rails. It actually, up until like four years ago, still had the trough under the foot rail. <laughs> so you could spit and piss at so the same time. you could spit and piss in it <laughs> at the same time. Oh, and it, God. Just, and it ran out to the street. Oh, that's awesome. It was pretty that's sweet. A, you know, it's the details, man. Beauty is yeah, the details. Yeah, exactly. Like I think, a, you know, once I open my bar, I'm going to have a trough. But no, you know what? I'm yeah, not going to. I'm not even no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no, don't yeah. do that. You're going to lose all your money. But like, yeah, <laughs> which is true. not fun. Just paying off the doh. Um, but yeah, I mean, like going back to like those those types of bars that like you and I like grew up with, and like you know, I, I think there there's definitely some authenticity coming back and opening bars like that. For instance, like there's a bar called Skinny Dennis in Williamsburg. Uh-huh. It's like a honky tonk bar. They just like nailed it, like down to like all the wood paneling and everything. And like, do they have Confederate flags there? Well, I feel comfortable. They don't have a Confederate I'm only flag. half white, remember, so only half feel comfortable <laughs> they, <laughs> in these places. <laughs> they have they have the original old glory. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. You <laughs> no. called it old glory. Great. <laughs> no, Great. Beautiful. So, no, they have like <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, um, but but you know, like like you're saying, you know, like these bars with like the Tiffany lights and like the front bars kind of stuff. Like that's something that I think back on like 
I just thought to myself, like, all right, what would be my dream bar? My dream bar is a shitty bar. Like, I don't want to say shitty bar. It, it connotes something where it's just like it's not good. It's just like a bar that was made by people. You know, like they didn't have a contractor, an architect, a designer. You freaking put the wood paneling up. You put pictures of people you cared about. You got the freaking stock banquettes. You know, you you the tried Naga High. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the seats were bolted to the fucking ground. You know, they were bolted <laughs> to the bar. You know, your back shelf is like you know just a bunch of lights and a bunch of other crap with an old register. Um, There's always that bottle of Monte Alban yeah. mezcal that just sat there. We actually went. One of the spaces we were looking at was Odessa on set on Seventh and A. Yeah, and that to me is like the like the bar. Um, that deal fell through because landlords in New York are horrible people. Um, but long story short, like when I went in there, and it was just like they had a bottle of beef eater that they had not opened in forever. It was just like, yo, is this a gimmick? And we actually tried it. It's just like, oh, yeah, we never serve it. And it's like a, ni- a bottle from 1973. It's still fucking there. That's you awesome. know, and we talked to the bartender. like, would he sell it to us? But, you know, and he was like, no, nobody really orders that. I don't know how that bottle's still open. I don't know if they're refilling it. I don't know what the hell, but nobody orders. And that was the first thing that grabbed my eye. Yeah, I was like, I loved it. And then you look at old school, like East Village. Like, it's a fucking shitty neighborhood, man. Like, yeah. back in 2000, you know, like, I remember I worked in a bar. We could work, worked in a Spanish topless bar, my first bar, um, when I moved back to New York in 2005. And freaking, it was the only job I can have because the only one I can get insurance because I was sick at the time. And freaking, I would have to fucking tell the hookers to get the fuck off the corner, you know? Like, it's like, hey, d- just go somewhere else, you know? Um, just like less than eight years ago, like, you know, seven, eight years ago. It's like, wow. And now it's like, you know, you got Michael White, you know, opening a pizza place and, you know, David yeah. Chang fucking trying to be emperor of fucking New York. It's fucking great. So you. So, in a bad way, but a good way in a bad way, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, like, there's a little bit of that grit, like, that a lot of people talk about, like, the old New York and, uh, they're like, oh man, yeah. This is still all the same. People complain about old New York. I mean, old New York always changes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, my family emigrated here. My grandfather came in here. He freaking lived in East Harlem. East Harlem was all Italians and eventually came with the first wave of Puerto Ricans. You go down Lori's side, it was all Jewish. Now it's Puerto Rican. Now it's this, you know, and then eventually it all became Chinatown. You know, it's like, that's New York, you know, like things fluctuate, things change, new neighborhoods grow. You don't have fucking Bob Moses fucking up the whole city anymore, freaking taking it, you know, just tearing shit up, yeah. you know. But, you know, you have Bloomberg, you know, telling you you can't smoke and you can't freaking drink big drinks. And, you know, it's all the same shit, man. It's just in a different, you know, it's just wrapped up differently. It's, it's a different... New period. York is <laughs> fucked up, and that's why we love it. Yeah, that's true. You know, shit changes. But GC, like GC to me, like, like you ever seen Mean Streets? Yeah, of course. You know, the first, when you have dinner, when Scorsese does his intro... He does his intro and he has Harvey Keitel and he has like that first person like POV for the first time you ever see that, you know, in one of his movies and you have the stones listening in the background. Yeah. The, bar, the bar in the movie is called Volpe's and it's all red lit and they have this Puerto Rican dancer on a pole and a bunch of Italian guys selling entire car, you know, selling cartons to their homies. It's like, hey, you want me 30 bucks? And you got De Niro walking in, <laughs> you know, that to me is the New York bar, like nailed. Like I was just, that's every bar I ever went to in my life. Um, some people say, like, you know, like, it's hard to describe what GC is going to be. Um, like, it's going to be a 70s bar. I'm like, no, it's just going to be more like... <laughs> yeah, Steve Schneider just fucking came in wearing a George Washington <laughs> cap, talking about how he's the people's champ. What a, you're a cunt. Can I say that? You read a fucking... <laughs> oh, God, I love him. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's basically what the bar is. I freaking he's the last person I should have told I was going to be here. And the first. I fucking love him. Now if I give him a shout out, I'm just going to be pandering to him. So Steve Schneider, friend of the show, just walked in wearing a uh, billboard on his chest saying he's the fucking champ. Global champ, seconds. 81 seconds. Reading yeah. the newspaper. Okay. Oh, that's a personal joke that I won't share. I feel like management were chasing after him. <laughs> like, who's this fucking guy with a mask scaring everybody in Brooklyn? That's <laughs> for- awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I can't see it right now, so I'm a little scared. But, um, but Golden Cadillac. So uh, it gets its name from, obviously. Uh, I mean, it's a person. I mean, personally, like literally, the the reason the the bar is named, you know. He <laughs> oh, just got studio bombed. Oh, did he just fucking ice me? You know, I'm a diabetic. Dude. Let's do it. Thanks. I just got yeah. iced now. Damn it, Steve! You son of a bitch. Here, here. I'll pass you mine. All right. <laughs> you see, this is why I wanted to check my blood sugar before I came on the show because I knew some stupid shit was going to happen. <laughs> Ah. Damien, why don't you explain what's actually happening in the studio right now <laughs> okay. for people that can't see? Well, Cheers. right now, uh, Giuseppe and I are talking on the radio, and Steve Schneider, who is a good Raspberry friend. Burst, really? Yeah, you really couldn't even fucking burst. afford a real Smirnoff ice. <laughs> you couldn't even get a real Smirnoff. You had to get the flavored crap. So Steve Schneider from Employees Only, he's been on the show a billion times, uh, and uh, Giuseppe Gonzalez are good old friends and they are definitely shit talking old buddies and steven schneider just studio bombed can you just stop talking and drink this fucking thing so we can continue i don't want to jack wants me to explain what's going on and i don't want to be you don't have a fucking choice and he just walked in he's drinking a fucking beer what a fucking dick (laughs) give it to topher and katie oh yeah intern (laughs) you got iced (sighs) this is really delicious by the way that's awesome Good times on the speakeasy. Oh my god, I feel sick. (laughs) Um, Golden Cadillac. Yeah. My father's favorite possession. My father's favorite car on earth was a freaking 76 Eldorado. Eldorado in Spanish means golden man. Yeah. Um, Pre-Columbian legend of Eldorado. I won't get into that. But... uh, I can't name I can't name the I can't name the freaking bar Jose Manuel Gonzalez Ruiz's bar. You know that's my (laughs) grandfather. So I just named it after a drink. That was an homage to him. Um, every time I think of a Cadillac, I think of him. To him, it was just like, Cadillac to him was a sign of success. Yeah. You know, and a gold Cadillac is like a complete sign of success. I love that, man. And it's a fucking drink I can't even drink. You know, I mean, everybody knows, or at least I hope everybody knows. I'm a type 1 diabetic. So if I go, I mean, I go to everyone's bar and I order vodka soda bitters, they look at me like I'm fucking being, like I'm trying to test them or anything. Can you drink gin? I'm like, fucking Google me, man. Like, I don't need to fucking <laughs> drink gin. I can drink vodka, you know? I've worked at enough bars where I've earned that right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, it's, a, it's somewhere I wanted to go. You know, like, it's an old bar. It's an old drink. Uh, reminds me of the person, the most important person in my life. His birthday was yesterday, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, so standing. that's to the old man. Cheers. Cheers. To the old man. Yeah. Where Puerto Rico lost yesterday, you wouldn't be happy about the WBC. <laughs> now, <clears throat> here's the thing, though. It's like, oh, yeah, man. Saying that, you know, like... Having this idea of this old school bar, are you going to be, are the cocktails Mm-mm. going to reflect that? Or are you going to try and just like keep no. it like chill and like old school? I mean, how do I describe it? Like everybody, it's like, it's easy to pigeonhole something and be like, all right, let's just do old drinks. Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is I don't think there's any such, I don't think there's any such thing as a bad drink. Um, there are bad bartenders, there are bad products, there are bad techniques, there are a million ways to make a bad drink. But if you really give things thought, 
you know, like, you know, restaurants have been doing. Like, you know, you go to, you know, one of my favorite restaurants on earth, Parm in Soho. You know what I mean? You take really old school family style, family style shit or pizzeria food. Like, I don't know how many times we've ordered a chicken parm at a really bad pizzeria at three in the fucking morning or two in the morning. Of course. It's the only time I've ever done it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think. You know, and they can make it beautiful and they can make something so excellent, you know, that doesn't resemble the original product. Sure. You know, just a little bit of thought. So, I mean, like, just to give give you an idea, like, I'm putting a Long Island iced tea on the fucking menu. Nice. You know? Um, Is that kind of like a a fuck you to the... It's uh, not even a fuck you, man. It's just like, (laughs) to me, it's just like the most hated drink amongst bartenders. Yeah. I meant a fuck you to, like, back to bartenders. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yes and no. But everything I do is always a fuck you to anybody. But but it's more like, okay, let's give this some thought. Okay, there are a few things that make Long Island iced tea bad. Um, Bad product. Overly sugared. Um, super expensive. Uh, people just want to get drunk. So I was just like, you know, I gave that some thought because like, all you have to do is just think about things a little bit and the ideas come hit you. So I was like, all right. Um, not make it overly sugared, not make it strong. So the, the Long Island iced tea is going to have one and a half ounce measure. Everything's going to be batched out to a certain degree so it has equal measures. I wanted an opportunity. You know what I mean? Simon Ford is opening 86 Company. 86 Company has four products in there that are all ingredients in Long Island oh, iced yeah. tea. So I'm just like, I'm just going to fucking put, I literally told Simon, just like, I'm going to call it Simon Ford's Long Island Iced Tea. Nice. So it's a one and a half measure. It's a light drink. And, and the cool thing about it is like their bottle design is to where you can pick up, you do a it's four beautiful. bottle pickup. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. I mean, like, it's like everything. I mean, like, you know, he's like, one of, I mean, he was my first friend in New York. I actually met him in Boston. Um, but long story short, like if you start thinking, breaking it down, like it's not a bad drink. It's a fucking, it's a reflection of the rum and coke. It's a fucking rum and coke, you know? Rum and Coke with a little bit of kick. So if you give it, if you give it a proper measure, you keep it light. You use, you know, you use dry cola. You know, like I have a hard on for light grown up. So like this one of my one of my things, just looking for things that are drier. Um, it's going to be my cheap. It's going to be the cheapest drink on the menu. That's awesome. You well. know, but you just say, just give it a little bit of thought. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, like something like the Cosmopolitan. You know, like people hate Cosmopolitan because they hate they hate what it's associated with. But I don't know how many times under fucking someone's breath they're just like, it's actually not a bad drink. And I'm like, it's not a bad drink. It's actually a fucking really good drink. Just make it right. You just make it. And why are you invested in what people give it? Well, you know, another thing I always tell people, <clears throat> and it can be misinterpreted, which I really don't fucking mind, um, is just like, um, you should not be invested in what a guest drinks. You should not care. You know? Like, is the guest always right? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> like, I think there should be a certain degree of creativity and ownership. We can talk about Phil Ward later. You know, yeah. but long story short, you know what I mean? Like if somebody wants, like someone like me, when I go into your bar and order vodka soda bitters, you know what I mean? Don't try to sell me a Manhattan. Don't try to sell me an old fashioned. What I drink is personal. It's what I need at the time. You know, I'm literally, I don't want to have to, you know, if I have to, if I have to drink your, your, your pina colada variation, what that means for me personally means I have to test my blood sugar three times. I can only drink that one drink. Everything else is going to make me sick. And then if I continue to drink, it's only going to make... You know what I mean? You just ruined my fucking night. Yeah, thanks so you much, know? Steve Schneider, for, <laughs> you know? for icing my guest today. Yeah, you freaking <laughs> dick. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll continue talking with Giuseppe Gonzalez on the Speakeasy. Back in a moment. Oh, word. This one's Big Pants by Rectech on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
Hey, Damon, I've got breaking news. What's that? I think Giuseppe has broken the all-time swearing record on Heritage Radio. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> I won't say the N-word. Yay. And I won't say, and I won't say the S-word. Yay. What, Steven Schneider? <laughs> <laughs> that yes. one was for old glory, brother. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> all right, we are back. Been listening to Giuseppe and a little bit of Steven. And, uh, yeah, so if you missed the first half. His name is Richard, by the way. I'm just shouting you out right now. His real name is Richard. I'm not fucking with you. Look at his ID. It's Richard. Also, nicknamed Dick. Dick Schneider. You know, take out your ID. I'm telling you right now. Every time I look at you, it's like, you tell the world your name's Steve. Your name is really Dick. Confirming this. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Boom. Dickie Schneider. Dickie Schneider. His father named him Dick. Dude, you were born in 63? <laughs> oh, that's 83. Never mind. All right. All right, we're back. <laughs> You're dyslexic. You need before, Sorry. All right, before we uh, before we waste any more time on Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Shit. Yeah, that's all we okay. do. Okay, so we were just talking about Golden Cadillac. What are some of the other things that uh, you got planned uh, for the upcoming shit, uh, season? Man. Um Lord, like upcoming right now. I mean, MCC obviously is coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to organize seminar. Leslie's up my ass, and it's rightfully so because I'm the one person that's like really hard to like work with because I'm like I'm horrible with deadlines. And she's like, "Hey, here," and I'm like, "Okay." And then next week, I'm like, "Ah," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm totally gonna do it." And then I don't do it because I suck. Um, but I'm planning a seminar. I'm looking for sponsorship right now. I know I have something with somebody. Um, for how to open a bar in New York in less than two years. <laughs> it should be interesting. Um, and um, obviously, like, you know, opening a bar in New York is not easy. And then when you choose, like, a really high-profile area, like the East Village, like, you're looking for certain spaces and whatnot. And, like, you're dealing with partners and, like, money and, like, you know, especially landlords and community boards. Like, I've already been around in front of I mean, I've applied to the community board, like, four times. I've been in front of them once. Um, I mean... I mean, I feel like some some of that, like some of the big parts of that, are even just like writing out a business plan. Like, you know, that's one of the like biggest hurdles that a lot of people have. I mean, like, it's there are a lot of huge hurdles that you have to, you know, jump to like yeah. make things happen. But I feel like, I mean, I lucked out. I mean, like, I I went to a college where like where I don't even remember any of the classes I fucking took, um, but I do remember writing. I do remember reading a lot because I'm just like a voracious reader. Um, and I love writing. Anyone that reads my Facebook fucking knows that. <laughs> um, but, like, writing a business plan takes, you know, it takes a lot of training, you know. It takes a lot of discipline, you know, because it's not yeah. just, like, explaining your idea to people. It's just, like, all right, how do I break down the numbers? How do I break down geography? How do I get an architect in there and have a, you know, set design? You know what I mean? And then, of course, you go in front of a community board. You need a designer to do this and then that. It's, you know, allowing people to be creative but at the same time directing them as minimally as po- minimally. I say that right minimally as possible where just like you're not trying to hinder their creativity sure you know like one of my big things is just like people just like oh what are you looking for and I'm like I have no fucking idea that's your job <laughs> you know I'll tell you exactly what I feel what I'm looking at you freaking come up with something you know great ideas don't freaking come you know what I mean because then they just have someone trying to cater to like what you want and then you never see nothing, nothing new and then your shit looks like everybody else's shit yeah and that just sucks yeah. You know, it just looks like you copied something off of somebody else, you know. That's why there's so many Thai places in the city that look like they got their furniture from Ikea. Yeah, <laughs> just like Italian places that look like fucking Art Deco. Like, you know, like, like, you know, I can only see so much Art Deco in my fucking life, you know. It's like really just, over- I don't know what the hell to call it. It's just, like, it's, 
Like I can, you know, I can, I can deal with like cheeky, you know, tacky being, che- you know, tacky being cheeky. But like when you're not being cheeky, that's just sad. You know, like yeah. you're really trying to make it look good. You know, um, and the same with drinks and the same with anything, and trying to get all these people on board, and then like explaining your idea in a passionate way, but still not look like you, you know what I mean? You're so emotionally attached that you're not, you know, proficient at business and like making good decisions. You know, like you know, dealing with the community board is not the same as dealing with the landlords. Not the same as dealing with your partners. Um, yeah, I mean it can suck, but you know it's a it's a it's a learning experience. Yeah, and that's that's and it's something all of us. I mean, if anybody really wants to open a bar, very rarely is someone you know a millionaire going to come up to you and be like, "Hey, here." You exactly. Know? It's like you know my partner is Greg Boehm, Greg Bo- you know Greg, owner of Cocktail Kingdom. He's very savvy. You know, I remember once I came up to him, I was just like, "I want to do this." No, <laughs> freaking. Um, one of my opening menu ideas, just completely fucking idiotic. Now that I'm thinking about it, was making the opening menu, making the own opening menu, the fucking poem to uh, freaking last barman poet in the movie Cocktail. So I actually worked out every cocktail, and the shit's fucking dope. Don't get me wrong, yeah, shit's yeah, dope. Yeah. You know, and Greg sent me this long ass email. You know what I mean? In the most polite way, telling me, Joey, you're fucking insane. I am not throwing my money at. Fucking you, fucking reinventing the dingaling, you know, so you can stand <laughs> on the bar and be Tom Cruise, you know. And I got mad for a day, and then I was like, holy shit, that was like, you know. He's like, you can do it later, but not for the opening menu. You know, it's like, damn it, you know, and then you just move on, you know. Yeah. But like, you know, shit like that. You, yeah. can, you can get caught up in your, you can get caught up in yourself, and sometimes you just need to listen to criticism and fucking just understand yeah. that, like, yeah, it's actually, there's a reason why, you know, like, you, you have your partners in check. Yeah, you know my partner, my other partner James. I fucking feel sorry for him because I don't know how many times he's calming me down. He's like Joey, 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 like Joey. I need, I guess I need somebody in my life always telling me Joey. You know the fuck, Joey, calm down, Joey, do this, Joey, where's this? I'm like, all right, thanks, Dad. You were telling me earlier about your uh, your pretty intense ice program that you're gonna have. <laughs> <laughs> At GC, well. <laughs> can you go into depth on that one for um, us? God, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> I look at certain things, and I just, I, I just feel like certain, like one thing I always find incredibly frustrating, you know, especially with the younger bartenders, just like they, they you know, I hear just like, oh, it's co-, you know, mixology cocktail bars, it's been done, it's done, it's you know, and there's a, even the semi backlash. You know, and I'm like, you're fucking idiotic. That's like that's like a songwriter saying all the songs are written. You know, all the great songs have yet to be made. You know, I'm like, are you? We haven't even started yet. It's only ten years in. Um, and then you see certain things, and I look at cocktail programs, and I won't shut anyone out because it's a business, and people, you know, people generally trying to do better. But like, you know, like as a measure of like a good business, you know, a measure of a great cocktail bar is a fucking great ice program. You know, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like, half my, like, half my favorite bars in New York, you know what I mean? Have shitty, you know what I mean? What would be considered a shitty cocktail program, they're just run by really great bartenders, you know? Um, and a lot of people that promote this sometimes, I just feel like are a little bit scientifically illiterate. Um, like, Big Ice does this, Big Ice does that. I'm like, no, it doesn't. You can, there are ways to control it. There are ways, you know, you can control your dilution. There is, you know, like, you know, the, the term over diluted, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just like jargon. You're just throwing jargon at people yeah, every that time, has no meaning. Yeah. Every time I hear over diluted, I'm like, what does in, that in fucking sense, mean? It means to me like, wow, you just sat on that drink for way too long before yeah. you poured it for me. But even that is just like, you know, like I, I, go through mo- I go through moments where I get manic and I fucking start writing shit. And I remember I was writing about like, you know, dilution and I was talking about just like, you know, we're looking at like all the great cocktail bartenders whose dicks we suck, 
You know, we're talking about Jerry Thomas, Harry Craddock, Harry Johnson, um, Dave Embury, who wasn't a bartender, Charles Baker, who wasn't a bartender. I mean, none of these motherfuckers ever talk about ice. You know, they don't talk about dilution. It's the most important. Don't get me wrong. I agree. Water is the most important ingredient. It's a balancing act. You know, but a drink like the zombie, you know what I mean? Like, if you keep that drink minimally diluted, that drink is fucking tough. That drink sucks, you know? Um, and these are the same people that complain. They're just like, oh, you know, my old fashioned is under diluted. You know what I mean? They're just like, you know, like you're not, you're not, you're not putting things in context. Yeah. Um, like Dale DeGroff. Dale DeGroff has a formula that I think works great. On certain drinks, like the one and a half, God, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna call out spec. One and a half, three quarter, one. You know, one sweet, three quarter, a sour, one and a half. And you do that for anything that's not simple syrup, and the shit's perfect. Shit's fucking perfect. A sidecar, one and a half cognac, one Cointreau, three quarter lemon, fucking spec. That shit is bomb. You know, you can shake that with 10 cubes of ice, you can shake that with three cubes of ice. Doesn't fucking, you can shake that with a big rock, still perfect. You know, um, it really matters just like, you know, how you get the sweetness in there, how you balance it out. You know, it just requires thought. And I feel like, you know, sometimes, like when you see the younger, like, when you're trying to have an intelligent conversation about it, like, hey, let's talk, like you and me, you and me will fucking geek out about Savoy or we'll fucking talk about shit. You know what I mean? We'll fuck around and then we'll fucking get drunk. And then, you know, you'll look at women and I'll talk about my girlfriend and night's over, you know? <laughs> um, but freaking... You know, the younger guys, man, like they spend two hours cutting ice. They're getting a new chainsaw. They're <laughs> buying some fucking shit from Japan. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, you know, I don't even own a bar kit. Like, why do, why do that? You can fucking, <laughs> you can fix, like, I heard some people that go, oh, bring your own bar kits. Like, I don't have a fucking bar kit. Just freaking give me a shaker and a spoon and we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't even use Hawthorns anymore. I remember free, uh, I was doing a guest shift in Philly and Al was just like, Al. <laughs> Al Sotak, yeah. who I fucking love to death. Really big thinker. You know, I'm just like all night, I'm just talking shit to him. I'm just like, I don't need a Hawthorne. Fuck your Hawthorns. Every time I would make a drink, I just throw a Hawthorne at him. Like, this is, this is crap. I don't need this <laughs> shit. You know, I can, my drinks are perfect. You know what I mean? But like, just joking around, just a little bit of thought. You know, like, but you know, I want to be able to do that with the new guys, a lot of the new guys. And I think they want to too. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, but they, they see it. And there, there's so much energy being invested in it. I just hope somebody would just come out, you know, like, and just say, like, hey, just freaking just read a book, man. Like, you know, like, just like, just like in third grade, your freaking teacher told you, read a book, you know. <laughs> Reading and apprenticeship are the two best ways to fucking learn, you know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, you know, when I see, like, so so-and-so owner opened a bar he has like 10 fucking places you know what i mean he's hiring a hitman to fucking run his program you know what i mean and i'm supposed to give this bar props you know like look at a, i mean like a perfect example dead rabbit dead rabbit does not have a craft cocktail ice program freaking jack is using cracked ice on his fucking juleps i don't even know if he has a scotsman i don't even fucking know and I'm looking at him, I'm just like, you're just giving me a hard on right now. You're just fucking, you're, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Because he's just like, he's making the drinks the way he wants to. If you don't like it, fuck it. You know? And his drinks are fucking amazing. Anybody that goes into that bar fucking sees five levels of freaking a, a beer room, a cocktail room, a secret room, another secret room, a freaking dungeon. I don't know what the fuck is going on there, but it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> you know? It's amazing. You know, bar, a, a bar opening, you know, in the Five Points area slash Battery Park slash financial area, whatever the hell, like original New York, where the settlers came in, where it was all Irish immigrants actually opened by Irish immigrants. You know, that shit is fucking... You can't write this shit. Yeah, it's pretty hot. You know, that's fucking great, man. Um, but who's talking about their ICE program? 
he actually puts his punches in those juicy things that you have you saw that right the yeah. back room where it's just like the punches are already fucking made i'm like you took the shit that you know like you know you go into uh, the 24-hour lechoneras where you get the freaking passion fruit milkshake and yeah. the coconut shit that's what he uses to put his punches in i'm like you motherfucker this is brilliant you know like that kind of creativity to me and like and you know and i, I obviously expected it from him because he's not influenced by anything that's happening in new york and the united states right. he's coming in here with fresh eyes he's like all right how do i do this you know yeah. Like, how do I freaking execute drinks for, like, 200 people, 300 people on a busy Friday night and get them all happy? Yeah, it's like you said before. It's like all the songs have been written. It's like kind of like he wrote the new, like, hit album, you know? That's what I'm saying. It's just, like, it's beautiful. And it's like, so, like, do you need craft ice? Did, would it be nice if his fucking old fashions were served on big blocks? I don't know. I don't give a shit. Like, you know what I mean? What I know <laughs> is that um, I, have, I have a bartender who's incredibly creative who obviously, I mean, like two years it took to open that bar, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Sean was away from his wife for two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of commitment. Like, you can put anything in front of me and I'll fucking love it. And the fact that it's brilliant and it's well thought out just adds to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm fucking looking for. <clears throat> and that's what I think there still has yet to be in New York or in the United States. And, you know, like I hate saying it, but like London is one of my favorite cities on earth. Horrible drinks. But fucking tons of creativity, you know. Uh, yeah, I hope all the London bartenders are hearing me right now. Uh, <laughs> they're, no. probably, they're probably listening to it live. Like, uh, it's all right. they're like getting ready to start their my shifts. My favorite, if I were to write ten, my ten favorite bars, probably six are in London. Um, just be just like emotionally attached. And my favorite bar in the world is in London. So like whatever the hell, Artesian, which to yeah. me is a fucking, like I don't even remember what I drank. Just like. How do I fucking say this? Um, like I was telling you this while we were having a beer before. You know, like how you, certain me, certain <clears throat> certain journalists will talk to you and they'll, and they'll ask you that stupid question. Just like, what do you think about mixology? Or, are you a mixologist or a bartender? You know, and, and I think a great bartender is a mixologist because obviously that term is it's a very old term. It has to do with someone who makes fancy drinks, makes beautiful